Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Jamie All Over. I had a really exciting week. I got to meet up with today's guest, David Meltzer, at SoFi Stadium, which was such a cool experience because after the interview, I got to go down onto the field. It was my first professional sports field I had ever been on. And towards the end of this upcoming interview with Dave, we both discussed podcasts that we listen to and people who inspire us. He and I had a lot of similarities in that, but I mentioned that they're all male. And I said, where are the females? So it was really cool to find out this week that Jamie all over is in the running for the People's Choice Best Female Hosted Podcast. And I'm so honored to be recognized as a female host. I'm so grateful to the amazing guests that we've had on so far. And most importantly, I'm grateful for you. You're the reason I started this. So thank you. Another fun thing that happened this week was that I went to Dear Media Studios with Sheena and we did a two-part podcast episode. Part one will be on hers. Part two will be on this one right here. So that will be out next week. But just a heads up, I am going to release mine on Friday, which is the same day Shenanigans comes out. This way, you guys can listen to both back-to-back if you have the time. It'll be there for you. So look out for that on Friday. And in fact, in the interview coming up with Dave, when I did say, where are all the females He mentioned Lauren Bostick, and she's one of the founders of Dear Media. So that was kind of a little full circle. Now, Dave is a very humble person. I love his humility. So I almost feel as though he would be embarrassed if I gave him the introduction that I'm planning to give him right now in front of him. Dave is a good friend of mine. He has become my business mentor. He came into my life at a time when I asked for help. I asked the universe for help. I get into this story with him. We did mention a mutual friend named Waid, who is the person that introduced me to Dave. So Waid is in a wheelchair. He's in an electric wheelchair. I was out for a walk one day. We started talking and Dave was set to speak at one of Waid's nonprofit fundraisers. He has a nonprofit for disabled people who need equipment that insurance doesn't cover, such as electric wheelchairs. I 
said, yes, I'll attend this event. I wanted to see who was going to be speaking. So I researched Dave and I got very excited to hear him speak. What I later came to find out is that Waid was interning for Dave. Waid's from New York originally, and his favorite team is the New York Knicks, which he had a bumper sticker of on his electric wheelchair, which is what started the conversation between both of us. His dream was to always work for the Knicks. He told this to Dave. Dave set him up with an interview with the Knicks and flew him out there and got him a hotel. Now, this is a person who says, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. And when I heard this story, that's when I knew he meant it. And then I later asked him for help. You'll hear from the story. That's kind of how I got on the path that I'm on right now when previously I was just not happy in real estate. So a little bit about Dave. He was on Shenanigans twice So if you haven't heard those episodes, feel free to go over there and check them out if you enjoy his episode here. I tried my best to not ask the same types of questions or topics that we covered on those two. We did get more into his background on those two. But in the event you haven't heard them, I'll just give you a brief overview of who he is. He is an entrepreneur. His motto is make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun which absolutely changed my life in the moment because it made me realize I was not helping enough people. And I learned this when he invited me to his Friday morning business training meetings. Just so you guys know, if you go to his website, dmeltzer.com, you can join and you can watch those as well. They're so informative. And that's kind of what got the ball rolling on me turning my life around. He is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing. He founded it with Warren Moon, Hall of Fame quarterback. He formerly served as the CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. His life's mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. I tell him that I can be included as one of those. He's a three-time international best-selling author, a top 100 business coach. He's the executive producer of Entrepreneur's number one digital business show, Elevator Pitch, and host of the top entrepreneur podcast, The Playbook. And he was recognized by Variety Magazine as their sports humanitarian of the year and awarded the Ellis Island Medal of Honor. He has over 30 years of experience as an entrepreneur And at one point in 2008, he lost $100 million. And crazy enough, he says that was the best day of his life. We'll get into that as well. But he had worked for Samsung. He was part of bringing the world's first smartphone to life. He definitely came back even stronger and better after losing his $100 million. He's an amazing keynote speaker. And I won't even tell you what his speaking fee is but he's definitely worth it. And if you're curious, go have a look at dmeltzer.com because it's on there under Forbes Top 10 Keynote Speaker. Now he does mention one thing in the podcast that I did not follow up on that I wish I did. So he mentions a way to be efficient in helping so many people and he goes by the 520 rule. So just so you know what that is when he brings it up, it's that he spends five minutes on phone calls and 20 minutes in meetings. So I am very fortunate to have gotten a little over 30 minutes of his time that day. I am so grateful that he took that time out for me, but for all of you as well. I hope you love this episode. I think there's something for everyone in it. And please go follow Dave. You can find him on Instagram at David Meltzer. 
So let's get to the interview. I am sitting with one of my favorite people, David Meltzer. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, I've waited so long. Thank you for having me. I'm so proud of you and I love the show and I love what you do. So thanks for including me. Well, I don't think this podcast would exist without you and you don't even know this story. But there was one day that I was working in commercial real estate and I knew I was at a crossroads and I said, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. This is not my passion. I fell into it. I made the best of my situation, but this is not where I belong. I didn't know what to do. And I literally spoke to the universe that day and I said, I need a sign. I need some direction. I'm ready for a change. I want to be doing my passion. I need some assistance here. And I decide to go for a walk because, you know, when we walk, we get new ideas. I love to like just get moving, get outside, get fresh air. And on this particular day, I made a conscious decision to not put in like headphones. I didn't want to listen to music. I didn't want to listen to podcasts, which I always do if I'm walking. This day I said, no, I'm going to be open to whatever comes my way. That is the day I literally bumped into our mutual friend Waid on the street and we got to talking. He introduced me to you. I came down to several of your meetings, got so inspired by make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun. I realized I was not helping enough people. It started this whole new trajectory for me. But long story short, I then said to our other friend, Sheena, who had or still does have the podcast shenanigans, I said, this guy, David Meltzer, he's amazing. He'd be such good value for your listeners. You need to have him on as a guest. She said, okay, but you have to co-host. I had never co-hosted a podcast before. (laughs) So that episode that you did on shenanigans, that was my first time ever podcasting. Oh my gosh. Which rolled into me co-hosting for several years with her, which then turned into Jamie all over. And now you're sitting here as a guest. So thank you for all of that. (laughs) You're welcome. And coincidences only happen when we pay attention and give intention to what we want. So do you believe in fate and talking to the universe and putting yourself in alignment? What are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I think I go beyond fate. You know, I think I look at things in a quantum nature that there's fields of intention, there's fields of energy, and that we want to put ourselves in a position to receive and to be in that field. And the way that we do that is through five levels of intention. So not only do we have to do everything, but say everything and think everything, believe everything, and even feel it. And, you know, if you study Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe. He's on my list of goal guests for this podcast. He's, he's be a great guest. And I'm blessed to have had him on my podcast mm-hmm. and my TV shows. But these five levels of intention need to be aligned with or in a trajectory of what we want. But the interesting thing that created, you know, your manifestation was most people stop with vision boards or with like Dr. Joe, these mind movies. I think you have to take it the next step uh, because if you just know what you want, it's a probability. But in order to make it a probability of manifestation or materialization, you need to know who you can help and who can help you. That's the key to in-spirit inspiration, to being connected to and through everything. So those two steps, knowing what you want, but also who you can help and who can help you, you described it without knowing it. When you told your story of how you sit here today with Jamie all over, it's a methodology of paying attention plus giving intention to the coincidences you want. And here we are in a great coinciding of the universe. Right. Now, so you mentioned it's about helping people, but also knowing who to help. Why did you help me? And, you know, I know you're on this mission to impact a billion people's lives. You can count over. Okay. Well, (laughs) I'm one of them. (laughs) (laughs) But obviously, 
I would think at some point you can't spread yourself too thin. I don't know if that's true or not. How do you decide who and when and how to help? So I think I look at things a little differently. What I started to do is how I can help, how I can help everyone. See, not everybody can I help in the same way. So number one, I wanted to help everyone by giving free. So I went online and I said, what are people charging for? And what can I do for free that other people are charging for? And you have been a part, for example, I've been training people for free mm -hmm. every Friday for over 22 years. And giving out your books. And giving I out have. my books for free and <laughs> shipping them for free and signing them for free. And so I think when you talk about, yes, you can help everyone, not in the same degree. So I created a huge downstream of free. Then I created group sitting that, okay, I can't help everyone but if people need more personalized help then i'm gonna do this group thing then i have a very limited amount of people that can help one-on-one -on -one, and then even in a business advisory capacity but i created downstreams or systems to help everyone so i have for example a 520 rule and that's kind of where we met when you refer to someone and someone says hey this is an unbelievable woman can you help her I give five minutes and then I assess what bucket to put you in, how I can help. And I allow the universe to give us the most efficient, effective and statistically successful way to help each other. What is it that calls you to help people? Oh, that's a great question. I believe that what allows me to be called is understanding what am I doing to interfere with the calling? Meaning that the more I'm connected to and through the truth, the potential, then I will be able to have that calling or an intuition that I should spend more time doing this because it's going to feed me and I can feed them. See, most people spend the majority of their time with people and ideas and situations like real estate for you that bleeds you. Right. And it's really sad. So I create and figure out what am I doing to interfere with that calling? And the more that I clear the interference, what I call ego-based consciousness, the more clear it is or the more intuitive I am of what would be best suited for my activity today in conjunction or in a trajectory of what I want in the future. I don't believe everyone is an entrepreneur and that is fine for those people who may not be, but they still aren't happy or satisfied being an employee or working for whomever they're working for. I actually have three people in my life right now, and I don't know why it's all happening right now, but I do feel the need to help them. And I don't know if they can be helped or if they're in the position to be helped yet, because it's a very similar situation with all three, which is none of them are satisfied with their employer or with their career. They wake up very anxious to go to work. Each of these three people I have given a solution and it may not be the right one for them. It's what I would do and I acknowledge that. But I said, hey, I know someone else who can help you. Let me introduce you to this person. You would have a much better uh, job with this person. They're much better employer, whatever the case is. But in all three situations, they chose to not take my help, not get the introduction and continue going to a job that they hate. Are they just not in the right mind frame to accept that help, or maybe I wasn't supposed to be helping them. What do you think? So first of all, uh, somebody needs to want to be helped. And we make a lot of times in addiction, you see this, that you can provide so many different solutions that work, but if the person isn't ready to be helped, it doesn't matter. So that could be part of it and most likely is that the people are just too afraid to change jobs. And so they're not ready to be helped. It could also be the protection and promotion 
I have faith that they may not be right for that job. And so they're being protected and promoted by not taking it. I would tend to think that most people, if you see an opportunity and they were that miserable, that if they were ready, they would take the chance. That's why I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's like, here's an amazing opportunity. You're complaining about how unhappy you are, but you're choosing to stay in that position. Well, most people do, right? They they sit there and they're victims. They live mm-hmm. in a world of not enough. So they would rather stay in their comfort zone, which is miserable, than enter a learning zone that they actually have to be uncomfortable. They think that the uncomfortable zone of learning is more uncomfortable than the bad situation or bad energy that they're in. And it's a big mistake that so many people make and we can't change people's minds. We can't force them to do. And I've had many friends. In fact, one of them committed suicide on his birthday at the end of the year last year. And his whole life was exactly what you're telling me. I mean, valedictorian. And then he was too afraid to go to, to Berkeley. And then he got into Duke for a PhD program, but he didn't want to take loans. And then everything in his life was always, I'm unhappy, but I'm not willing to be uncomfortable. And being uncomfortable is where we grow. And this is something I've learned. And I now run to those uncomfortable situations because I know that that's where the growth lies. What can you tell people that are maybe coming from a place of fear about that? So there's three zones, I call them. The first is the comfort zone. If you live only in the comfort zone, you're never going to grow. You won't shrink either, by the way. You'll just stay the same and you can go to work from nine to five and whatever the situation is, it's going to be the situation and you're going to be comfortable but not experience happiness or growth because it comes from, remember, the universe is expanding and growing at all times. You need to grow and expand at the same or greater rate than the universe in order to be in symbiosis and in the flow. Then you have that learning zone that's very uncomfortable and that learning zone will allow you to grow and expand. In fact, it allows you to grow to where what used to make you anxious now becomes your learning zone and what used to be your learning zone becomes your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And if you do this consistently and persistently, you can handle so much more in your life. Yes. And so what I want people to do is start to identify what activities that they're participating in, what perceptions that they're participating in and what zone are they in? Is it in the comfort zone? Then I got to push myself. Is it in the learning zone? Then the only thing I have to be aware of is staying there, not pushing myself too hard to be in the anxiety zone. Because when you're in the anxiety zone, which you've been in, Mm -hmm. you described it to me, everything starts shrinking back down. You can actually have counterproductivity in the anxiety zone. That's how people end up having nervous breakdowns. They get to a point, you have these high actualizing functioning people that push themselves too hard and end up that they can't even get out of bed. That's a good example of someone that's only living in the anxiety zone. So if we can start to identify this learning zone, we can regulate the acceleration and growth that we have to compound or aggregate on itself and allow us to achieve and to receive so much more. Do you still experience anxiety time to time? All the time. So I think this is a really good point because people would think of the most highly successful, if you want to define it that way, people, that they must be happy all the time. See, my secret sauce is I teach people and I live this myself. I only spend minutes and moments in fear. Okay. So I have a practice called practicing ending fear that says, okay, I'm angry, frustrated, anxious, guilty, resentful, offended, inferior, superior, 
separate, all these different ego-based consciousness. And instead of resisting it, trying to out-logic it, I simply stop. I breathe through my nose, out through my mouth, remind, remember, and recollect what my purpose is, what my what is, who I can help, who can help me, and how to get it done, and then reprioritize. So every day, I'm anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, all these different things. But instead of making it worse, I just spend minutes and moments there, and then I get back onto the right track. I call it stop, drop, and roll. In other words, when you have anxiety, your mind, your body, and soul are on fire. Mm -hmm. When you're on fire, stop, drop, and roll. Got it. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I admittedly have been having a little anxiety lately and. I don't typically suffer from it. It will come in waves in different situations in my life. But most recently, I, as I mentioned, got out of commercial real estate as of March 31st. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> but since then, I have not had a steady paycheck. And that is anxiety, anxiety producing, right? And I have all of these things in the pan, you know, going on and amazing things are happening and will be happening. And I have faith in all of these businesses, but I am a full blown entrepreneur now, I would say. And there are times where I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll be like, I don't have a steady paycheck anymore. What would you say to anyone who may also be in that position? Or maybe just, you can help me. It's going to work out. You're being protected and promoted and working out isn't defined that necessarily it's going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. So by detaching your emotions from an outcome of what you think you want, just focus in on today. This is what I'm going to do in the trajectory of what I think I want today, but I'm going to experience all these things and learn lessons. And I am at liberty to change my mind about what I want tomorrow. So in another mindset way, today is the only reality. Today is the only thing that's constructed with man-made space, time, and measurement. So today, see, the future is relative. You can change mm -hmm. your future. You give meaning to your future. So give it the best meaning that you can. Past, relative. You can give meaning to your past. I can take my bankruptcy. I lost over $100 million in 2008. Best day of my life. Now, the day it happened, the reality was I wouldn't have told you it was the best day. Now, I've changed the meaning of what was one of the worst days of my life to one of the best days of my life. I can do that because it's the past. But today right. I can't change my reality. So all I can do is be productive, accessible, and gracious in a trajectory to what I want. So when the, you feel this paycheck that somehow represents your security, your wellness that you don't have anymore, detach your emotions from the outcome 
put yourself into the mindset, the heart set, and the handset that I'm going to make as much money as I can today as fast as I can. And tomorrow you'll do the same thing if it is what you want. So regardless of whether you have a paycheck or not, mm -hmm. you are going to do your best, learn lessons, and have fun. You're going to be productive, accessible, and gracious. Only way that you can do that is be efficient, effective, and statistically successful each day with the activities you have planned, don't have planned, sleep, activity you get paid for, activity you don't get paid for. If you reprioritize tomorrow that a paycheck is more important than your happiness, then you can go ahead and take a real estate job again right. or a job at you know right. some other place. But right now, you know your priorities. You know what you want, who you can help, who can help you and how to get it done. So you prioritized your happiness over a steady paycheck. Mm -hmm. And in the end, you'll end up making a lot of money, helping a lot of people and having a lot of fun and being happy and having a bigger paycheck without doing something that you don't wanna do. Yes, and it sounds like what I'm taking from that is to be present, be in this moment, focus on today, focus on what I can do today to make the most money, have the most fun, help the most people. Yeah, and I think look, to simplify it, if you do your best and learn lessons in the trajectory of what you want, which is to make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun, you're fine. Because mm -hmm. you'll learn the lessons and have fun doing it. The money will come. See, m you don't follow money, money right. follows you. So when people tell me I get nervous or anxious because I don't have a paycheck, you have everything you need. The money will follow you. Stick to it. And as each day comes, you'll make the proper decision in order to effectuate the life that you want. Got it. I think something that you and I both have in common is that we are so grateful for our failures because that's where the biggest lessons have been. So you just mentioned making and losing $100 million. Over. Over. <laughs> Don't limit my losses either. <laughs> and I, I get it. I say that was an investment, you know, in you. And I understand it because I've been there as well, not with that amount, but I've been there. matter. If you've lost everything, you know what it feels like. Yeah. And it was twice. Yeah. And it was, I always say it was the greatest lesson, the greatest thing. I'm so thankful that those lessons happened and they set me up for so much more success. What do you have to say about failures and people who are scared to maybe even start because they're scared to fail? Failure is a test of faith and faith to me, it doesn't have to be religious, spiritual, philosophical, or theoretical. Faith is simple to me. I believe there's something bigger than me. And I believe that that thing that's bigger than me, omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source, loves me more than my mom. So that the failures and setbacks and mistakes in my life are there to protect and promote me. Let me give you a good example. When I was three, I reached out to touch a stove, a hot stove. Mm -hmm. My mom's a second grade teacher, single mom, six kids. She's a Sunday school teacher. My mom never yelled at anyone, let alone ever hit anyone. When I went to touch a hot stove, my mom slapped the crap out of my hand and screamed at me, no. At three years old, I didn't understand because I didn't have the knowledge of what a hot stove would do to me. So I started to cry. Mm -hmm. And I asked my mom, why are you punishing me? What did I do? Why, why? And it reminded me of when I went bankrupt because anything in my life, that pain, setback and failure, it's how this omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, they know everything. See, I didn't know what those relationships that I was in were doing to me. I didn't know what the opportunities were doing to me. I didn't know all the things that I needed to know. So 
the universe slapped the back of my hand and screamed at me and said, you know what? I'm going to take away everything to protect and promote you. And I will tell you, if I didn't go bankrupt in 2008, I'd either be two things. Uh, the lighter of the two, divorced. I would have lost the love of my life, who I've been in love with since the fourth grade. She wasn't in love with me since the fourth grade, but I've been in love Aww. with her. <laughs> and, or dead. I can tell you 16 years later that if I didn't lose everything, I most likely would have been dead. But wow. I didn't know that when it happened. Right, right. Right, just like I didn't know that a stove would burn me. And I see that in my life so many times with things that I didn't happen the way I, the schools I didn't get into. There were girls that broke up with me. The, you know, different the jobs that I lost, the failures that I had. Every time, why am I being punished? Why me? Mm -hmm. And now it's like, I've shifted my faith that anytime there's a setback, failure, mistake, oh good. Exactly. I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And if you find the opportunities in, in those setbacks. And they come faster when you expect them. Yes. And you can be, instead of letting it get you down or kind of take you off course right away, at least I now say, where's the opportunity in this? So for example, I lost my podcast editor maybe on episode two or three. <laughs> and Welcome to the world of podcasting. <laughs> come to find out it's because I... She thought I was too much of a perfectionist because I wanted a particular sound removed. And she said she didn't know how to do that. So I sent her a tutorial on how to do that. And she took offense. <laughs> I'm grateful because I personally want somebody working for me that says, okay, here's an opportunity to learn so I can be better for you. Like, I will not take offense to this. Like, I will do this and I will now get better. However, I'm grateful that that situation happened because that wasn't the right fit for me. But in addition to that, I had a chance to either hire someone new or learn how to do it myself. And I learned how to edit podcast. I took one day and I taught myself everything I needed to know about the audio. And I can now edit my own podcast. So there will never be a time where someone can maybe quit and I'm just stuck without a podcast to put out. And what I also learned through that experience is that I enjoy the creative aspect of editing almost as much or as much as the interview. Wow. And I wouldn't have known well, that. Editing is more important. You think Which so? Is, oh, gosh. Editing is everything. And so funny because I've sat there and I have multiple editors for that reason. But I love the fact that you went ahead and learned how to do that. And that, in my opinion, what makes a great podcast is the editing. Like a good editor can make anyone look great. And if you're editing yourself, it's the best form because you know your voice and you know what you wanted out of it. Exactly. And I mean, there's definitely a balance because I also understand, you know, the thought like, oh, I'll just do it myself and it will be done the best. But then also, if you want to scale something, you need to trust other people to do it. So I understand why you have your editors, but you probably have vetted them and you have the people who understand your voice. And for me, I was just kind of like, oh, it's going to take me too long to explain what I want from someone. I might as well just do it myself. So it's just I understand it's a balance and I'm probably at some point if I do want to scale this. I will need to trust others and hire someone And the nice else. thing, though, is because you're creating content that's aligned with what you want, and I found this with mine. I spent a lot of time with my editors when we first started. We have just the podcast alone over 1,200 episodes. So there's a lot of content up there, right? And so yes. what's happened, though, when I started, I remember, like you, being hypercritical because you know I wanted it to be the way it is. Well, I now can take any editor, and there's so much content and say, this is the way that I like it, the way it's captioned, the way it's cut, 
and then they're just improving on what I like mm -hmm. or at least showing me, but I have a point of reference. Right. What I love about what you're doing, what other people should take uh, note of is that you're building reference points. So sometimes you have to do it yourself in order to scale. Mm -hmm. You have to let it go eventually. And you know, the head of my media, I, I had a very poignant conversation because he thought he was being punished because I wanted other people to do the manual stuff the day because I needed him to scale my I needed another leader and it took almost a year and he almost lost his job and now he's probably the most successful employee that I have running wow. a multi-million dollar business unit for me and he started as a photographer who didn't want to give up you know shooting video vlogs wow yeah all right, well, I want to get to a listener question cool. before we run out of time. It's from Ariane. She wants to know what advice can you give when she's feeling competitive or feeling jealous or comparing herself to others? Well, first of all, there's a saying, comparison's the thief of joy. And so many people, including I, and I'll tell you, some of my closest friends are these successful business people or, you know, someone will get an interview somewhere or a speech that I didn't get. And I'll fall into the same old competitive, scarce, comparative thing. And what I tell myself when I get into that mindset of, you know, why didn't I get that? Or how come I'm better than them? Or whatever else the ego is telling me is I always tell myself there's more than enough of everything for everyone. Yes. That I'm being protected and promoted. There's a reason that I did. And here's the interesting thing in that same vein. And I, you probably have had this. I wanted to be, for example, on Joe Rogan's show when I first started. Okay. And, you know, I've been on Gary Vee's, Tom Bilyeu's, mm -hmm. the biggest shows out there. Yeah. But I wanted to be on Rogan's because that's the biggest. And what I realized was, and I never asked to be, and I still haven't, is that it will happen at the right time. Now that I'm a seasoned podcaster and, you know, have my own other side of it, I realize that if I went on Rogan's show when I thought I was supposed to be on there and that competitive, I got to do, you know, I wouldn't have got anything out of it. Mm -hmm. because I didn't have a big enough community. I didn't have a big, people would have just been interested in Joe Rogan and like, what was that guy's name? It would have done nothing for me. I didn't have enough out there where today I can send any one of these great kids that I have out to a trade show and, and say, hey, what do you do? They tell them what they do. Hey, we're sugar taco or whatever <laughs> you want to say to do and then say, oh, what do you do? I work for David Meltzer. Well, now there's enough out there that the person's either going to say, oh, I know David Meltzer and I love or hate him. Or they're going to say, oh, I never heard of him. But then all they have to do is bring up any of the platforms and someone can now form an opinion and I can have the credibility of either liking or disliking me. I didn't have that early. And I think so many people when they get competitive, when they start comparing themselves, aren't self-evaluating that, hey, that person's better than me. Or there's a reason that they got it because they fit what they're looking for better than I do. And yeah. I get casted on a lot of entrepreneurial shows now. And when, you know, even Joe Descent is a good friend of mine, Spartan, he got the CNBC show that I was up for as well. And my initial thought was, oh man, right? He, mm -hmm. I'm as good as Joe. Well, the truth <laughs> is his show fits better than mine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, someday when I have the right fit, as I've been blessed on other areas, my turn will come. Sugar Taco was in an exclusive agreement with about doing a show about, yeah, you know, the restaurant and the cool. women entrepreneurs, and it fell through. And we were like, you know what? That's fine. Something better 
will come or maybe it wasn't meant to be but it's fine either way so i understand that feeling yeah so (laughs) comparison's the thief of joy Mm -hmm. totally and there is so much to go around just because someone gets something doesn't mean it's taking away from someone else for sure and if you have faith that you're being protected and promoted then the things that you do get are right at the right place at the perfect time and the things you don't get are telling you you have a better place to be a better situation to be in totally I totally believe that. You mentioned Joe Rogan's yeah. podcast. What are some of your favorites that you listen to? And who are some of your mentors? Where do you get your inspiration from? Well, I'm a huge fan of Ed Milet, mm-hmm. uh, who's also a close friend of mine. Tom Bilyeu uh, as well. Gary Vaynerchuk and I do a lot together. And obviously, I love him. But I'm, I'm still old school in the fact that, you know, Deepak, Sadhguru, uh, you know, a lot of people may or may not know who they even are, I do. <laughs> um, but I read, you know, the course of miracles. I study Napoleon Hill, some mm-hmm. of my favorite books that are mentoring me. I love the surrender experiment. I love James clear atomic habits, Goggins, different yeah. genre, but love him. Just finished his book. Pretty good. Right. Yeah. And, great. uh, Wayne Dyer is probably my ultimate mentor, uh, who passed, mm-hmm. but I have listened or read Wayne Dyer every day of my life since I started reading him, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. I wasn't born into him, but I think it's really important to have uh, people in your life that sit in a situation you want to be in. And you have to every day take time, schedule for activity of learning or researching. And I do that every day. Uh, My go-tos are Course in Miracle, Wayne Dyer, Napoleon Hill. Every single day I'm researching, studying those people. And then I usually have one other person that day that's mentoring me, either in person, podcast, or in a book. Yeah. And that book, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, yep. changed my life. Mine too. So, uh, all the stories in that. That is such a great book because he actually went out and interviewed like Carnegie and like, did he interview, was it Rockefeller? Like there was so many people interviewed. I, yeah. The most successful people on earth. Yeah. It's such a wealth of information. That's what I did the playbook about, right? So I had luckily my own personal relationships with these great minds. So everyone from Cameron Diaz to Brett Favre to Sadhguru to Deepak Chopra to Tom Billy to Ed Milet to Gary Vee to Joe Dispenza, I'm looking for their playbook to success. So I modeled it after Think and Grow Rich, but we have a lot greater technology that I could just do it from a studio instead of traveling all around the world. Right. Although I will tell you, I started and did a hundred vlogs, cost me almost a million dollars. I did a hundred video logs that Gary taught me to do my first Uh year with a whole, you know, my staff. I was traveling around the world with an entire posse to do these videos that hopefully someday I'll repurpose into something valuable. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Everyone that you've mentioned, Gary Vee to your podcast, Deepak. I like Lewis Howes. Yeah, Lewis. But I look through my library of the podcasts and the things that I'm consuming and it's all men. I love you, right? Mm-hmm. And also, I love the Skinny Confidential, Lauren. Oh Rostick. yes, yeah, she's, she's amazing. She's really, really smart. But yeah, like in that vein of Sadhguru and like all of that information that I take in, and I see all of these men, Ed Milet, who are inspiring people in the way that I would hope to one day inspire them. And I just hope that more women can step into. Well, that's why that you're genre. here. I know you will. It's it's done. It's done. It's done. Yeah, but you make a really good point. And I have some tremendous, like Janice Horroyd, Kim Perel, Cindy Eckert, like incredible women entrepreneurs, yet I think their ego, see, I think most of us got into the podcasting side because of ego. And I think that women are so much more humble 
that it almost holds them back from taking the time to do 1200 episodes or whatever it takes to create, you know, what all of us are creating. And I'm hoping that we can do it with radical humility, but support people like you to help you build a really big podcast because more women need to listen to people that are like them. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me here in your beautiful new studio at SoFi Stadium. And unfortunately, it's a little lost on me, not a big football fan, but I still understand how cool this experience is. It looks is. cool, right? Yes. I think they're going to take me down to the field in a little bit, which will be super exciting. But thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I always learn so much from you. So I can't wait to see how much my life improves after just sitting down with you for 30 minutes, because every time it's like I level up when I speak to you. So thank you so much. And thank you for what you do for everybody oh i adore you i'm proud of you i love you and i always have your back so all you gotta do is ask thank you and thanks for listening just a small town girl living in a lonely world she took the midnight train going Smell of wine and cheap perfume. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.